You're listening to Banter with the Boys. Talking all things sports. From betting and brawls, Super Bowl to Stanley Cup Finals. Get laced up. It's time for Banter with the Boys. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Banner with the Boys. The Super Bowl has come. The Super Bowl has gone. What a game it was. As always, got my main man Smelty with me today. How we doing? How we feeling? I mean, to be honest, I'm feeling pretty positive um, because uh, I didn't end up getting selected for this five to seven day jury trial yesterday. Yeah, I'm in my jury duty window or whatever. So uh, pretty glad I don't have to. Work's kind of picking up, so. Glad I don't have to miss that for a bit. Yeah, that's good, dude. Jury duty does not sound like a good time. Dude, Unless it was, it's a nice, uh, juicy case, you know? He reminded me of, like, and don't get me wrong, I'm not claiming to be a veteran. I was only in the military for 30 days. Uh, but, like, it kind of reminds me of, uh, like, the military's, like, hurry up and wait, dude. It Like, all right, let's get over here, and then you just sat, dude. It was, <laughs> it was my first time for jury duty, but, man, is it boring. Yeah, I can imagine. Unless you're probably, like, actually on a trial or something, you know? Yeah, but even still, like, they're just uh, sitting there and deliberating for hours. Man. But let's get back to what we're here to talk about. We have Super Bowl 58. What a game it was. As we all know, Kansas City came into this game as a a two-and-a-half-point underdog, and they won the game. Game went to overtime. It was such a good, just hard-fought game. Defensive battle in the first half, then the offenses started opening up a little bit. And what a game we had, man. What are your just initial, like, reactions to the game itself? I mean, I'm not surprised would be my initial reaction. Like, it went exactly kind of how, I don't know, I thought, um, I mean, there's a couple things, obviously, that'll stick out that are more surprising as others, like McCaffrey fumble. Like, whoa, that usually is not not a thing this season, at least, you know? Like, that was that, that was momentum changer. Um, but Mahomes doing what he does, I mean, that's not surprising, the pick, what was it? It said something like it was his first interception in like 220 or 40 some throws in the playoffs specifically. Like, wow. It was just an insane number. Yeah, like, it was it was absurd. And I mean, we saw, I would say we didn't really see anything bad from Brock Purdy. So like, I don't know, the game really went as I thought. It was more defensive than I thought. I would say that. I thought it would be a little bit more fireworky, if that's a word, you know, offensively. Yeah, I would agree. I, I really do think it was it would have been as well, you know, more defense than I thought. But at the end of the day, you had two of the top defenses in the league in the Super Bowl. So but you also had two of the, you know, hottest and best offenses. Now, the Chiefs offense in the regular season I'd wasn't say that hottest. great. That's a good, hottest, that's a good term yeah. for it. Yeah. Yeah. So but I'm just glad we got a close, hard fought game. You know, a lot of people are complaining that the first half wasn't exciting but that's because you don't like true football yeah I, I was just about to say obviously you don't like the game of football you don't watch football you know that that was a that first half was just an insane defensive battle they had each other's number early on on the defensive side of the ball like they could nobody could really do much I mean oh. yeah San Fran was up 10-3 but it, it still wasn't they didn't feel in control of the game at that point no, no, they sure didn't. And this game was like is going to be was going to be one and was ended up being one by, you know, halftime adjustments. So, it's 
And it, the whole thing with like people are, aren't excited about good old fashioned football is is I think with so much sports betting out there now, people have these parlays. They need this guy to hit the over, whatever, whatever, whatever it is. That it just kind of like it. <clears throat> It, it, it kind of blinds watching the game to a certain degree and just enjoying the game of football. Right. You know, that's, it's, it's one thing that in Minnesota with it out being, we're with it not being legal, you know, it's like, you don't get that temptation and you know, you just get to sit there and enjoy the game of football. Oh yeah. But yeah, no, for real. Um, and that, that it, that was what it was. It gave us a nice classic game and yeah, to much of people's dismay that we're looking for those parlays. Um, so we've already talked defensively how how great it was. Uh, we've touched offensively. I'm sure there's more to be had there. Um, but what about these kickers, dude? These kickers played a crucial role in the game. And I'm not saying we should sit here and debate for 30 minutes about kickers, you know. But, like, that just goes that they needed everybody. The punters, too, dude. The first half punts. Bro, are those you punts were me? insane. <laughs> I, I was actually getting, like... I can't believe I'm about to say this, but I was, like, getting amped for the punts. I was like, dude, wow. And, like, Kev, actually, our uh, our resident um, non-football knowledge in general, not saying that we have all the knowledge, but non-football knowledge in general, was getting so confused why they weren't calling for a fair catch or just letting it go into the end zone, at least, or attempt to let it go at the five, you know? Yeah, uh, that was insane to me that I get it. You're in the Super Bowl. You want to make that play. Gotta- you look at Kadarius Tony last year. You know, it can change the game, but, like, you're also putting it, putting yourself and your team at risk. And that's got to be what it is, an adrenaline thing or whatever, so you're not quite thinking, like, no, nah, I'm, I'm going to do something about this game right here, right now, and then either get cracked or, you know, whatever it may be. But that, like, once he started pointing that out, I was like, dude, they are literally on every punt. Nobody's fair catching this ball, dude. Like, it is all gas, no breaks right now. Yeah. It was insane. It was insane. And you know what's crazy? I didn't even notice this, but I just looked at it. Both punters had five punts for 254 yards, which is an average of 50.8. That's insane. That is wild. That is, this was just a special teams game. I mean, and for Wojnowski, three inside the 20, and for Townsend, two inside the 20. I mean, they, that's what I'm saying. 62. Dude. That first half was nuts defensively. Oh, it was so fun. Special teams. You saw the two field goals, like, special teams played a big role. And that's why, like, when some players are like, nah, I'm above special teams. No, dude, it could make the difference. And we saw it in this game. Yeah, I mean, you have seven field goals. All seven were made. And, like, it was the, the special teams won this game. I mean, it kept both teams in the game. But it, it, it in the end of the day, you know, with the, the Chiefs, well, I guess they scored a touchdown. But, but but you had the, the two longest kicks of all time in a Super Bowl in this game. It was broken game. by Moody, and then Butker broke it. And it was 55 and 57 yards. They weren't, you know, those are bombs. Yeah. And then what turned out being a very, very costly play is that Jake Moody blocked extra point. I mean, it. yes. Yes, it does. At that moment in time, yes, for sure. It changes what Kansas City has to do to get that field goal to get it to overtime, too. And then let's talk about the overtime. That was... That was pretty wild. So let's just like go back through it. The Niners won the toss, right? And they elected to receive. Yep. No. Yes. Yes, they did. They elected to receive, but ended up having to kick a field goal. Yep. And then did the Chiefs go down and then score the touchdown? Did they kick a field goal? I can't remember. Uh, Scored touchdown. They did score the touchdown. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
So everybody's like freaking out at the Niners because they should have kicked first or chose to kick. Well, how do you feel about that? I don't know. I mean, it's a, it, it's a whole new strategy because it's new rules. Thank you, Josh Allen. But it, it's just, what do you, what do you do? So Shanahan's Shanahan's thought was they like, they get a score third. So that the, the third possession, if both teams score next score wins. So it's sudden death as soon as both if both teams were to go down and kick both kick a field goal or both kick a touchdown, right? But just yeah, just to clarify, if the first drive it is touchdown, like if the Niners scored a touchdown, the Chiefs still would have had a chance to go score a touchdown. Correct. Right. Correct. So it's it, it all depends on what strategy you want to be with. Like Shanahan's reasoning makes sense because you turn it. What did in, he come out to say? So he mm-hmm. came out and said that he wanted the ball third. Oh, yeah, yeah, duh, you so already he, said that. <laughs> yeah, so he wanted about third. So, I mean, it, it makes sense to a certain degree, but at the same time, like Andy Reid and like some of the Chiefs have come out and said they've been talking about this OT strategy for a very long time. For a while. They had a whole presentation yep. up in front of them about overtime, whereas some of the Niner players ne- never really didn't know that there heard was anything changes. about some of these rules. That's insane, for one. Like, that's absolutely insane that that's not brought to attention. You as a player should realize that, for one. But, two, it has to, as an organization, you have to make that a focal point. You would think it would at least, at least come up before the Super Bowl. Like, exactly. you're going over every single scenario. I would imagine. I, we're not in the NFL war rooms, blah, 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 you know, prior to the games. But, like, or lead up to the games. But, like, you would think that would come up as a, as a point, a topic, something to mention, you know? Yeah, it's one would think it would be discussed. And then Andy Reid, so it was like, I guess this hasn't been necessarily confirmed, but a couple of the Chiefs have come out and said that if the, the Niners would have scored a touchdown, if the Chiefs would have scored, they would have gone for two. I, oh, I did hear that. I heard a rumbling so, of that, which is another point to think about. Like, if you have all the momentum anyway, you just tied it up, why not just end the thing? That's what I, so if, if I'm a coach, that's, ooh, that's, if I'm a coach, that's what I'm doing. I'm getting the ball second because I know it's not sudden death. Sure, right. I'm getting the ball second, and then I, and I would be going for two in that case. Sure, so you're not in the mindset of Shanahan then. No. You don't like the idea of, which I guess, I you know, if they want to go for two, yeah, then it's just over. Either way. Exactly, either way. I, don't know. I, I can respect Shanahan's reasoning, though. The whole, like, I get it third, no matter what, if they score. Well, not no matter what. Obviously, if there's a two-point conversion made, then it's over. But there's a a decent chance that you would get it depending on who that other coach on the other side of the field is. If it's Dan Campbell, you might not get that chance nope. to go back on offense. Nope. And so, it's like, I mean, at the same time too. So like you get the ball first, let's say you go put it, you just go score a touchdown, put the hand, in the, put the, all ball the pressures on, on the defense and you have a pretty yeah. good defense. That's where like all these scenarios matter. You and talk about all this though, before the going game. into it, you so have, that's a why like maybe plan. since they didn't talk about OT, they're just like, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, man. When it's they just, won the toss. Like, uh, uh. It's, it's wild. And, I mean, at the end of the day, Niners go down, score a touchdown. You get the ball first, score a touchdown. So it's not like it's not that, that, part that decision lost you the game. Who's to say if the Chiefs would have gone and scored a touchdown, you're going to match that touchdown? You know, so it's like, it's, it's all hearsay at this point. You know, we can talk about it after the fact. None of us will ever be in the situation and make that decision. <laughs> Facts. And, and it, again, it's like, so if Shanahan gets the ball second, the Chiefs go down and score a touchdown, Shanahan loses. They don't score, like, the, the Niners don't score a touchdown then. It, like, assuming, then is he to blame for not getting the ball first? Right. It just of always course. seems There's like, always going to be something. And especially it, it's against always, Shanahan. And it's always hindsight 2020. Well, right. And now everybody's saying, 
how much the Niners are choke artists and now because of the late leads they've given up in the Super Bowls. Yep. Uh, that's kind of, I mean, I don't know, dude. He proves to you every year, you know, can't producing a decent game, but like you keep letting it up late. Yeah, can't win the big game. Can't win the big game. Um, but yeah, so let's get back to more, I guess, of the game itself. You know, we had some standout performances here, even with the um, the, the score not as, as high as some people were to think. I mean, saying that, we still had a 25-22 game, so that would be... But you didn't feel like it was going to even get that high for a while. <laughs> but I mean, you, you had Patty Mahomes going for 333 yards. I mean, that's not a surprise. Yeah, 34 for 30, uh, for 46, too. You know, the completion percentage was high. And then that big 22-yard run late to put him, you know, in position to keep controlling the game at that point. Like, Mahomes has just proven why he he got the Super Bowl MVP again, right? That's his third one in three Super Bowls. Yep. That's their third Super Bowl in five years, was it, or six? Six. I want to lean towards six, They've lost, no, but either way, it's five. So it the five? Rams have won one, the Bucks have lost one, and the Rams. Or so who's won? So the eat. <laughs> again, we're not good at math. Like when you start thinking about numbers, up. you know. But even so, they've now really like cemented themselves as a as a dynasty. You know, we were we were already talking about it. The Patriots have done it before. You see in other sports, you know, I don't know the Chicago Blackhawks in hockey. They were a dynasty. You win so many championships within those couple of years. The Chicago Bulls, another dynasty, you know. The Chiefs have now cemented themselves as being being that dynasty, that new, as I dare say it, the new Patriots of of this this era right now, this decade we're in. Yeah, it's it, it's wild. They they hundred percent. I mean, so it is the last five years. So three Mahomes, and five. so they three to five, been to four, lost to Tom Brady. So it's like, so what are you gonna do about that, and, right? And, but in the six seasons he's been a starter, he's been in the AFC Championship game every All year. All six years, yeah. So, I mean, you're in an AFC Championship game the first six years of your career, you and there's doesn't appear to be stopping or slowing down in any way, shape, or form, regardless of who's around him. How can you not put him in that? It's a, it's a discussion, right? He's not anywhere close to being there. Three versus seven, right? He's not even halfway there. But no, but there's something to be said track. on where he is right now. Correct. He's 100%. on track. And how old is Mahomes even? Is he like 28 I think he's 28, yeah. I don't know. That's why I'm gravitating towards 20, high 20s. Um, 28. 28. And then has he? he's had a couple league MVPs too, hasn't he? Two. At least two as well. I mean, he's just, he's racking it up, dude. I There's chances of a three-peat. What are the chances? Is that defense coming back? All of them. Is Chris Jones... Coming back. Uh, Chris Jones, I mean, do you... I think Chris Jones has to debate how much are you going to chase the bag or how much are you going to want to stay with the Chiefs and continue your dynasty. He has three rings. What more does he have to prove as an individual player? If I'm him, I'm I'm going to get paid. If you... if you, I would at least sign one more year. Try for that three-peat. You have to. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, so let's look at Chris Jones' age. He's getting... He's not a young pup anymore. No, I know he's not young. I know he's not young. He's 29. So, but, but, but think of this though. So let's say he has one more year. He doesn't produce at the level he produced this yeah, year. Yeah, no, now you're screwed. And then he gets a, a maybe a two-year deal at Somebody a half to three quarters. Still. Somebody, Somebody will him. sign him right now for a four-year deal. Even three years. The Chiefs don't have that kind of money. But 
rumor has it that Mahomes is going to have restructure his contract to open up more cap space, a la Tom Brady. I guess we have to see if he does that. Why? I mean, because if you, if you do that, you're just going to keep building championship teams. So if you want, if that's your goal as Patrick Mahomes to catch Brady as a personal goal, maybe or whatever, and you know, as more of a team-oriented goal, just to keep winning championships, uh, why not? I mean, exactly, especially with like the amount of money he's making off the field and how he's set up. Where, oh yeah, like you, you take a ten million dollar pay cut per year. He's not. Yeah, he's losing ten million because he's not going to get. He's going to make the same off the field whether he's going to get his NFL contract or not. But at the end of the day, how much money is too much money where you have to you you put winning first and that little pay bump. Now, I say little, 10 mil ain't little, but it is for someone like Mahomes who has a half a billion dollar deal and has probably already made over 100 million off the field in his career. Well, and that's just it, the off the field stuff. Who's not going to want the a three-time Super Bowl MVP and the face not even arguably. He is the face of the NFL right now. Not even a question. Uh, for any sort of endorsement. Yeah, and on top of that... As long as you can afford him, because the line's going to be long. Oh, to even get him yeah. in the door. 100%. So, like, he can name his price, dude. To any of these big guys, he can name his price, and they're going to they're gonna pay that. Yeah, without even question. And on top of that, wifey's making money, too. Right, right. So that's why it's like it's it's a no brainer just to now she to, ain't making ten mil that. a year no but <laughs> but, but I like, mean at the end of the day like it, it, he's it, Pat Mahomes is one hundred percent a family man first like nobody can question that I mean he's probably God first I I would only imagine but at the end of the day like he's gonna put his family before anything and like and at the same time taking that pay cut yeah does that hurt your family's long run in a sense yeah because that's a lot of money and i'm only i'm assuming it's 10 mil it's probably not that even 5 mil would probably do wonders in terms of restructuring of a cap too but yeah at the end of the day when when you're slated to make i don't know 40 50 mil on the field you go down to 38 and you're still making 10 to 20 off the field like you're doing you're set you're, up you're doing all right you're doing all right so it's like it's more of a like why wouldn't you then just why wouldn't you What's his exactly. argument for that other than trying to set up your family even more? But like you could definitely make the argument that if you, you know, do do with it right, that didn't make sense. But if you <laughs> but if you uh, use the money appropriately and put it, move it appropriately, I don't know. I don't have millions, but like move it appropriately, like you're going to set them up for life. Where are you at? Where you're at right now? Yeah, I mean, he could retire right now and they're not sweating for so, the rest of their lives. But. You know, it's going to be interesting. Chris Jones, where he lands is going to be interesting. He's a big piece of that defense. Really, really big piece of that defense. And I just don't see the Chiefs slowing down, unfortunately. Like, as much as I want to see some diversity in the NFL in terms of winning and whatnot. The Bills like or Ravens need to step up if anybody else is going to come out of that AFC right now. I see and the Bengals. Yeah, and the Bengals. With a healthy Joe Burrow, the Bengals are definitely in that, in that talk, too. But it's going to be one of those three right now that could derail the three-peat but i mean they're gonna come in with a lot of momentum and if they can get chris jones to say if they can get everybody else i don't even know who's gonna be free agents but if they can get the team to return why not why not the chiefs again yeah for real i mean you, you can't bet against them at this point they're already the early favorites so although we're 205 days away from the nfl season starting the early favorites mean nothing are they really yeah i didn't yeah, see it's, that it's uh of course depending on who you look at i think the espn one had it was like chiefs um niners Ravens, Lions, Vikings. Bills. Um, there's another <laughs> team in like the the Packers were like seventh or eighth, I think. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
but we'll look more into that. We'll talk a little bit more into that later. Let's wrap up the Super Bowl here. And I mean, Chiefs, give them all the flowers. Dynasty in the making. Nothing more needs to really be said about that. It sucks for the the, the Niners fans. You know, I was rooting for the Niners. Pops wanted to get, wanted to see Pops get another Super they Bowl. They played well. It's not like they played bad. You know. Yeah. They didn't necessarily lose the game. It exactly. was more the Chiefs won the game. Better team won that day. That's it. Better team won That's that it. day. Hard fought battle. And my pops also lived in San Francisco in the late 80s. So he's seen a little bit of success and he's going to be all right. <laughs> um, shout out pops though. Shout out, shout out. <laughs> um, so let's move into some tent talk. 911, what's your emergency? All right, we're going to start off with some injuries. So, I mean, as we all saw, a huge hit to the Niners' defense. Dre Greenlaw coming onto the field. Nothing, like, really that you would ever see happening. Tears his Achilles, Smeltzy. Yeah. What the heck? Dude, it's just, it's unfortunate to see, and boy, do they need him the rest of the game. But, like, all he did was, like, you know, he was just amped. Sorry for saying like so much. Wow. But he was just so amped, dude. He was just amped on his tippy toes, though, right? He was bouncing on him. He was so amped to get in the game, and then as soon, boom, in the game, bah, they just pop, you know? It just, it sucks. It sucks to see, because, man, could they have used him the rest of the game? Because that was, like, what, five, six minutes left in the second quarter, I yeah, think? Yeah, it, it was, was in early. the second quarter. Yeah, I mean, ugh. What a huge hit to that defense. Him and Warner are, I mean, unquestionably, there's one duo I, you could make an argument for, in my opinion, the best linebacker tandem in the league. The one duo would be Roquan Smith and Patrick uh, Queen. Um, but it, it, he's he's so vital to that defense. And, man, did they miss him in the second half. Kelsey started just going off, and he, he was just he was, he was sorely, sorely missed. And then news came out as well from that uh, Niners front seven. Eric Armstead played through the, in the pretty much the entire playoffs with a torn meniscus. He will obviously undergo surgery to repair that torn men- meniscus, but... What a freaking baller, dude. Dude, and it doesn't surprise me that we didn't hear about it, right? Not to bring up hockey again, but did we know he was playing with it the whole playoffs? No. Before the playoffs? No. Like, not to bring up hockey again, but, like, that's another hockey thing, right? Like, you don't you don't hear about injuries beforehand because now that's a weakness, right? And, like, hopefully the NFL is not quite as dirty. Um, but, like, hey, that dude's weak over there. That's dirty, but, like, you know, you know oh. that now. So, you don't, you, want, targeted. you don't want anybody to know that. So it's just, you know, I was interested to see if anybody else would come out on either side. But, like, so far, it's the only thing I know I've heard of. But I, I thought that was wild, Torminus, because, that I mean, it would definitely be sore. <laughs> um, I mean, just uh, he doesn't play a, a position that requires a lot of, like, like low-end explosiveness, per se. You know, whereas, like, he doesn't need that quick twitch ability in the open yeah, field. Yeah, the side-to-side, per se. Right. He's right, more right, north-south right. player. But yeah. still, like... But that has to be still, so painful. Still, it's going to be sore, man. But, like, I'm, you know, I'm sure there's different things and, you know, remedies that trainers can Tore do, do and give um, for Tore players to play the game. But, um, you know... Uh, yeah, props to him, all, man. all the best. Yeah, props to him yeah, and all the best in the recovery. That just that just goes to the 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 true grit of these NFL players that doesn't get talked about enough. Well, that's all we got for injuries this week. Let's just get into uh some coaching news then. As it was, I would I know I kind of expected it. I don't see him walking away at this point. Andy Reid did confirm he's going to return as the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs next year. Go for the three, Pete. You have to. You have to at least try. Even if he was thinking about retirement, 
which I honestly don't think he is. I, he's at they're at the top of the game right now, dude. Him and Mahomes together. I think when I don't know whatever comes first, like whenever they start falling apart or like uh, I just don't see them le- him leaving anytime soon. How old is Andy Reid? Do you know? Oh, he's. I mean, he's up there. He's up he's there. Up there. So. Smelty, he loves this ish, bro. <laughs> I know. Well, I know that. He just, Anybody like, can he, tell you that. He He'll loves even it steal your nuggies. He'll even steal your nuggies. You better wash them fingers, bro. <laughs> he, he just loves it too much to walk away at this point. And like you said, you can't walk away a defender as a two-time like reigning champion. You have to at least lose in the Super Bowl before you walk away. You, you, you just can't do that. And I don't know. I mean, I love to see it. I'm, I'm a big Andy Reid guy, bro. How can you not love the fella? Loves his cheeseburgers, the Hawaiian shirts. He's just, he's an all-around, he's just a guy that you just can't not love. No, 100%. I loved when he was in Philly. I still didn't like the Eagles, but, like, I don't know. I was young. It was a fun team to there watch, There was a Donovan man. McNabb era year and there with T.O. and stuff. That was just really fun. T.O., you got Dawkins, Brian Westbrook in the Brian backfield. Brian Westbrook, Brian Dawkins, dude, one of the better safeties. One of my favorite dude, players He, he was time. fun to watch because he'll, he'll let you know if he was there. Oh, um, yeah. But, yeah, he's 65, but... <clears throat> Yeah, I, I didn't see him retiring either, but I thought it was good. Just shut it down immediately because you know those questions are eventually going to start getting asked. And then just now, now go go to the beach, brother. Go yeah. chill. Go, go chill. Go enjoy you some time it. and come back and win another Super Bowl because you probably will. Might as well. Let's move on to the Cowboys then. They did hire a defensive coordinator, someone close to you Vikings fans out there. Mike Zimmer back in the NFL as a defensive coordinator. I like to see it. I don't think he's going to be as productive as Dan Quinn, um, but all the talent in the world on that defense, man. No, I, I would agree with you. Not as productive, but at, at the same time, it's not a horrible hire. This is what Mike Zimmer does best. I don't think he's one of the better HCs. I could still see him getting one more job at some point. Um, not with a super good team, probably, but like, you know, this is this is what he knows. This, he knows defense. So I am curious to see how it pans out with the Cowboys. He's been there before. Uh, could be a low-key hire, but, you know, medium medium to low risk, I guess. Like, you kind of already know what you're going to get from him, so let, let it ride, I guess. It's yeah, wild I'm, to see him and McCarthy teaming up. That's interesting. I, I did not think about that until you just said that, bro. That's that's interesting, man. Yeah, it's like you said, he, he's a much better coordinator than a head coach. He doesn't have that just top-down leadership that you're looking for in a head coach, but he's produced some darn good off defenses when he was in K, uh, Cincinnati. And then, I mean, the Vikings never really had a loaded talent for him defensively when he was the coach, so he put together <laughs> some decent defenses. Yeah. Um, LOL. There's some good players, though, on de- on those Vikings defenses. That Every he put team together. has some good players. It's true. It's NFL. They weren't loaded with talent. But he made it work. Yeah, he made it work. That's You're what I'm right. saying. Like, You're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. He made it work. You had Harrison Smith. Uh, Maybe Eric Hendricks for a little bit, you know, was one of the top middle line. Sh- sh- don't shrug your shoulders at me. He was never a top five like middle linebacker. Eric league. Hendricks, yes, he was. With the Vikings, yes, I he was. I wouldn't say yes, he, he was, was. We'll get into that in the offseason. That's fine. So you're going to say he's we'll better than, that. like, Luke Keith. We'll table that. No, what? So no. About, oh, okay, well. No, we'll, top five. We're going to keep the receipts. <laughs> Sorry, I just like disgustingly just laughed into the mic, but God, all right, all right, yeah, we will. Um, now I've totally forgot where I was going with the whole Mike Zimmer. Oh, he's just not like as far as like head coaching material. He's just not quite like the right coach for today's players and the kids coming out of college right now. I think he's a perfect defensive coordinator, though. I think 
you know, as a coordinator, it's still okay to be a little bit more old school. Uh, Especially defensively. Probably, right, that's what I mean. Defensively, I think it's fine. Like, a little more on the abrasive side, you know, maybe. Um, but as far as head coach, I just I just don't think that style will work anymore in in today. And that's whatever, okay. The game evolves just like anything. But I think defensively, yeah. I think I think it's an interesting move to watch throughout the year. Yeah, it's going to be because they had they have so much talent. So if he can even really maintain do. what Dan Quinn had, you know, like I don't I don't expect him to go in and like make it better. But even if he can maintain it, like they have enough talent they're across the board. Fine. To, yeah, yeah, exactly, fine. exactly. And then some smaller news: Clint Kubiak becomes the Saints' offensive coordinator. Another Viking tie, yay! Ooh. Um, Ooh. All right. Where did that get you? All right, let's move on to my favorite segment of the week, Smelty's Bonehead of the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, Bonehead move of the Super Bowl. Nothing too wild, but there was a scene that was captured um, involving Taylor Swift's boyfriend. I mean, Travis Kelsey on the sideline. With uh, old Andy Reid kind of came up yelling, maybe gave him a little <clears throat> with his chest, you know, but he looked more like, you know, more angry. Uh, first off, I did I did see something that Travis said. I don't know if you've seen what he said about it yet. Have you? I think so. What do you make of you the situation? Te- I want to know what you make of the situation oh, first. Yeah, I mean, the whole situation, he's a very emotional player. It's a he Super is. Bowl. We know that. So apparently what like what he came on and said was like, like, trust me. I mean, like, put me in the get, get me in the game, get get me in down here, and that's what like apparently Andy Reid has said. But I don't know. I mean, like, like he's he was letting the emotions get the best of him. That's what Andy Reid said. He yeah, said? that's what I saw today. Andy Reid came on and said wild. that's what Travis like said to him was just like like get me in the game. Then that's conflicting because because I saw what Kelsey said and because I don't remember whatever who whatever newscast asked him and uh, he was like at the game he was still in pads and everything even. What he said that it was caught on camera, and he's like, "Oh, you guys caught that? <laughs> oh well, uh, uh, you know, we're just gonna keep that between us." Um, I just said that I really loved him. Well, yeah, I mean, he was so, obviously like, fibbing. There, saying there must that. have been something wild said, right? That obviously, again, like we know he's an emotional player. We know that already, and like he to the game, Super Bowl to be specific, right? And that was right after the fumble. So, like, obviously, just you know, just amped, ready to go. So. You know, I, I can't, it's not a crazy bonehead. I'm not, like, faulting him, really, for this, right? But, like, it's it's still, like, you know, that's your HC. Like, let's just, you know. This is a 65-year-old Ooh, man. That's your 65-year-old HC. That's assault. That you just went into it. You're a boulder yourself, and you just <laughs> bumped him, you know, like, yeah. just, 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 you know. It was whoa. funny, too. Cause in, in the post-game presser, like, Andy was, or Reed was asked about it, and he was like, yeah, he just caught me a little off guard. I bet. Yeah, he's like, he caught me a little off balance is like why he like stumbled or whatnot but i mean it's it's nobody's mad about it like i'm sure kelsey apologized to him reed was just like like why are you apologizing i'm sure is what he said he's an emotional guy especially after the emotional play fumbled down there and i'm sure kelsey was like if kelsey was in the game it might have been the block that was like the guy that was coming off that block that kelsey would have been making that caused the fumble or whatever it may be right Right, and you said that and, right after it happened because we had the pleasure of watching the game together yeah Yay. um <laughs> thank but, you kev thanks have at Kev's. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. It's not, again, not a crazy bonehead because nothing really happened. 
in the game that was had because it was so great, you know? So Exactly. I mean, it's like, it's slim pickings for the boneheads. And honestly, so. I, I don't know. Since I had no skin in the game, I felt the refs were fair. I thought it was a very so, well-officiated game. Like, I feel like the refs aren't even really on my mind, but again, I had no skin in the game, so obviously I'm not playing as close attention But as far as the refs go, but at the same time, you know, I didn't see anything that was, like, egregiously bad. No, me neither. And of course, now the 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 Twitter refs have come out and found you know three, four obvious holding calls that were the Chiefs. But the thing game, is, is, dude, any game you could the, a find that. The but. thing about it, Smelty, is those guys are doing that are Niners fans. If they were to roll the tape back and look at every single time the Niners had the ball, I guarantee they'd find the same amount of plays that the Niners got away with holding. Probably, it's the and game. There's it, holding right? on every play in the NFL. It's like, yeah, they. It's like I, don't that's know, I why thought you the game to, was very well officiated. That's why you have to only call the blatantly ridiculous holding calls. You know, like some you, exactly. You, know, you can tell arm extended, pulling them down to the ground or something wild. Like, all right, dude, I, you know that's not a pancake. He's pull, you know that's a, exactly. You know that's a hold all day. But like, like you said, if you go look, I bet all five of them dudes are holding on every play near. You know, yeah. It depends on how fine you want it to be. And that's probably why I don't know the definition that the NFL gives, but I'm sure it's up for interpretation and a little vague, I'd imagine, because of that reason. Yeah, and it was funny the clip that I saw of like the you know the the calls that Casey got away with. There was one that it was like an offensive lineman. It was a hold, yes, but the guy next to him, the Niners' defensive lineman, had an obvious hold on the offensive lineman. Right, and how often? So it was like it was the exact same play that there's two obvious holding. Well, obvious when you slow it down and look at it when you're looking right, for but it. live naked eye. Which, <clears throat> thank God that that still happens because we still have the human element in the game, which yeah, is the refs. You, you have Sometimes to. you hate it, right? Uh, when it's against your team, but like, but like how many? Illegal hands to the face at that point is the D line given, you know, like you oh, could, dude, you could, you could pick it up. You apart. could throw a flag on every single NFL yeah. play. Yeah. And not that, yeah, not to go on a tangent about the refs like we just did in the middle of freaking bonehead, but like just to prove that the refs weren't boneheads in this game, I honestly oh. thought that they, they called a pretty fair game, one of the most fair Super Bowls I think I've yeah. watched. I the thought. fact that nobody's talking about the officiating with how the officiating has been this year, huge win for the Super Bowl in the NFL this year. 100%. 100%. All right, well, let's move on from the Super Bowl recap then. We're going to move into some award reactions. As you guys all know, we did predict them last week. We thought who we, you know, said who we should have won, who we thought would have won, and got a couple of them right, got a couple of them wrong. We're going to kind of do, again, just a little lightning round in this one. There's not much to talk about because we already explained why we all, the, we thought the guys who won should have. Um, but just a quick reactions here. So MVP Lamar, we were both on par with this one. Yeah, 100%. I totally agree, like, that is just nothing even yeah cool yep offensive player of the year christian mccaffrey won it i thought it was going to tyreek i think christian was more deserving i just think him being in the mvp nominee hurt him but christian was deserving yeah i was cool with him or tyreek yep 100p defensive player of the year this is where there's some debate tj watt should have won this award I agree, dude. He even missed a couple games, and he still led the league in sacks. And, and it was like across the board, almost every statistical, like actual stat, TJ Watt had better than Miles Garrett. When you look at the like the new numbers, the pro football focus that looks at the actual impact outside of statistics, Miles Garrett fared a little bit better, but he also had more games to do that, so those rankings are going to be higher. And you, and you could argue that Miles Garrett is the main, you know, that that's the nucleus of your defense right now for 100%. the Browns. So like, you know, that there's something to be said about that, but. Dude, yeah, I totally agree with you. I thought it was TJ Watts to lose. Obviously, he did lose it, but it's not that Miles Garrett isn't isn't deserving. 
I would argue. It is it's just to me that Correct. I thought T.J. Watt was more deserving. Yeah, and the people are, oh, Alex Highsmith, he has him on the other side. That's why that's so good. Yeah, T- Miles Garrett has the Darius Smith. Right, right. Who's no slouch, as we both know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, moves us over to the rookies, offensive rookie of the year. C.J. Stroud won this award. Puka should have won it, in my opinion, but I'm not mad at it's, C.J. Well, and it's just about the records for me, honestly, that Puka went off and was able to obtain this year. Uh but the, I'm not mad about CJ. You know, you can't argue against that. You really can't, other than Puka's records. That's it. That's your only argument. And like 50 50 on if you win that argument or not, you know? Yeah, like, exactly. And obviously it didn't win. And CJ Stroud won. And I'm cool with that because he led he, he, out. he led a Houston Texans team to a playoffs that it hasn't seen in a hot minute. A hot minute. Hot minute. And I think. And a win. And, and, and got a win. And the future's bright. So yeah. I'm, I'm cool. I'm cool. Uh, move over to the decent defensive side of the ball. Third time in NFL history, we have had a player from the same team win the both offensive and defensive rookie of the year. As we all know, it happened uh, last year. Yeah, last year with Sauce Gardner and Garrett Wilson. Uh, Will Anderson on the Texans won this award. I'm not mad at it. I thought all five guys should have won the award. They all played their their tails off this year. So, you know, Will Anderson was deserving. No, he was. And it's for me, it's the same argument that I just made for C.J. Stroud. The Houston Texans were... We're not much. We're not much. And, like, you had these two guys, and now you have cornerstone pieces to build around on both sides of the ball. It's same deal. Future's bright. I, I'm, I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. But like you said, all five, honestly, were deserving. And that, I feel like that's usually the case for defensive rookie of the year. You're going to have a couple guys that are just outstanding. It just is what it is. Yeah, it, it is what it is, like you said. And then the uh, probably most... Uh, so we got two left here. One of the most debated was come, uh, Coach of the Year, which was won by Kevin Stefanski. You know, I had um, D'Amico Ryans and Dan Campbell ahead of him, but now that I look back at it, after all the adversity the Browns had this year with quarterbacks and, and whatnot, I'm not mad that Kevin Stefanski won it. He was deserving of it. I just thought Dan Campbell and D'Amico were a little bit more deserving. I don't have much to add to that because I, I totally agree. He was my number three. I did put him at three, but I I, I agree. You know, Texans and Detroit, both, um, I thought, were worse situations that, uh, you know, both coaches unlocked something. Dan Campbell's been building something there and has proved every year. Ryan's came in again to a team with led by rookies, as we just saw, and was able to do something with it. So I think there's something to be said about that. But, you know, again, like you said, not mad at Stefanski. I just, I did have him at three. Maybe yeah. they couldn't pick between the, the other two. And they were just like, nah, let's just give it to Kev. Yeah, that's probably what it was. Yeah. Probably what it was. And then the last one here, we have the comeback player of the year. This was won by Joe Flacco, um, who I, I thought was deserving of it. I thought it was going to go a different direction, and I'm glad they got it right with this one. Um, like I previously stated, DeMar Hamlin is one in life, and he, he has the sweet victory of being able to wake up. So he, he was he deserving of it from what the award means? N- no, because he didn't really play for comeback player of the year but i'm happy to see he's still in the league and footsteps came in and just stole this award well and like you said he it's not like he played much before the injury we can call it um anyway but like and then he didn't play much after so did he really come back he definitely came back to life that's 100 percent for sure and i actually have a friend that argued this to me the other night that demar hamlin should have won the award but and i, and I get it it's, it's a great argument but as far as like the definition of what the award is. Joe Flacco literally came off his couch and led a team to the playoffs. 
um, coming back from not playing. I don't even think he played at all last year, did he? Or was that his last year in the NFL? That might have been his. I can't. I honestly can't I think he remember. He played with the Jets last year. That, that might have been his last, his last, his final season. But like he came, like he was retired. He was done, and he came back. That that's the true definition of the award. Baker, you could make the argument for as well, since he obviously did not play super awesome last year. Came back from that to play really well. Similar deal to like Tua, right? Come back from the injuries, played really well. You know. It just, I think the right guy won the award. I'm not taking anything away from DeMar Hamlin, but it's, it's it wouldn't have been wrong if they gave it to him. No, no, it wouldn't have you been. You know? But they got it right. But, right, right. Well, that's all we have for the award reactions this week then. So we're going to wrap up this podcast here. Our parting thoughts on the NFL season. It was, uh, what a season we had we're going to talk a little bit about my Packers, a little bit about your Vikings here, and just kind of the season as a whole. And we'll start with my Packers. Um, you know, we're going to, we're going to kind of put what, what one word would describe the season for you. And uh, my, my one word this year was emotional. As you can tell by the podcast that we had, it was an absolute roller coaster for me with Jordan Love, with um, Joe Barry, an absolute roller coaster, highs, the absolute lows. And, you know, if if I wouldn't, if I were to have to pick a, an honorable mention, it would be promising, just because of what we the the adversity we did like overcome with having the successful second second half of the year. We have no big name free agents that are off the book or on the books or that we need to resign. Very little cap space. We could work that out a little bit, hopefully with Bakhtiari and his future. But it's uh, I, I'm really, really, really looking forward to what this Packer team has to bring. We're so young. There's so much potential really across the board at this point outside of the safety position. And the early season favorites already have us as, you know, the I saw one that was the Packers were the fourth, one the Packers were the sixth, and one the Packers were the eighth in, in the rankings. So Overall, I, like in the league? Um, like projecting AFC, next year. AFC and NFC, though? Correct. Both, yeah, yeah. In the NFL, yep. Yep, which uh, I love to see. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Jordan Love has is like fifth or sixth highest favorite to win the MVP next year as well. He's tied with Brock Purdy for the odds at I believe plus thirteen hundred. Tied for what? Place, Brock sir? Purdy. Uh, I oh. think he's it's it's either like fourth or fifth. Okay. Um, if I'm not mistaken, it's Mahomes, Allen, Lamar, and then I think Purdy and and uh, and J Love. If I'm not mistaken, I very well could be wrong in that. I'm not looking at the numbers. This was based off of an Instagram post I saw. But like I said, emotional, but but promising at the same time, man. How about you and your Vikings? Um, I mean, the word, I guess, concern comes to mind uh, when it comes to the way things went this season. Uh, obviously, we don't really have a quarterback situation figured out yet. And we are in February, so we got time, but we don't have one figured out yet. Um, you got JJ's contract situation, obviously all over the news as for in the sports world anyway. Um, so I guess another word that comes to mind is like responsibility, like Kevin O'Connell and Quasi, uh, the GM, they have a responsibility to figure this thing out here. Like we're, we're so used to mediocrity here in Minnesota with our sports the past, what uh, the Minneapolis, the city of Minneapolis has, um, the highest, amount of games through the four major sports and not have a championship or something like that. Last time was the Twinkies in the 80s, yeah? That was, was the playoff game. Or, yeah, yeah, sorry. Championship. 91. 1991, the 91. Twins won the World Series. Yep. Um, so, 
yeah, concern and responsibility, concern that we're not where we need to be. Um, do I think that's a little bit different? Is that word different if Kirk Cousins doesn't get injured? Probably. Probably. But now you have that 36-year-old quarterback coming off an Achilles, somebody who does take care of their body religiously, not to, you know, put a knock on him because he is a very religious man as well, but he takes care of his body. You see that with a lot of players nowadays. So is it bad to bring him back? Not necessarily, but again, it goes to that other word of responsibility for KOC and Kwesi. They're responsible for making that decision. Do you bring back Kirk Cousins? Do you draft the quarterback of the future? Do you resign or do you trade Justin Jefferson? That is that is your responsibility. And they're in that position, and we're about to see if uh, they're worth the dollar amount they're paid to make that decision. I love it, Smelty. Well, everybody, it has been an absolute pleasure to be by your side this week, this year for the NFL season. Uh, we do apologize for not being with you every single week. We, we'll get that straightened out next week or next year. I'm sorry. We'll full force. We'll be back with some offseason talk, especially as soon as the you know draft season approaches and, and kind of is quickly upon us. But in the meantime, Smelty, we have another podcast that's going to be coming out here. Not next week. We're taking a week off. Believe it or not, we have a week off here, um, but the F1 season is quickly approaching. I don't I'm going to change gears <laughs> a little bit here. Switch over to F1. I know this is a football pod, but I want to plug the other pod we're having here. So in two weeks, we'll be back with the F1 pod. We're going to recap and kind of predict, look into every single race this year. So it's going to be a kind of wishy-washy schedule. There might not be a podcast every week as the F1 season doesn't have one every week. We're going to bring on a new guy onto the pod here, bring back somebody that we've heard before. We're looking forward to it, and we hope that you guys all tune in. Like I said, give us a week off. It's been a long season. Can't really make that excuse because we haven't been doing it all season. But hey, hey. We've been solid since like week six, five, something like that. We were close. Yeah, like week nine, but that's Before all right. We were, we, well, we did a couple, though. Yeah, we did a couple. And then we, we were like, couple. all right, we got to yeah, yeah, hanker in. Buckle up. But yeah, but it, it was our absolute pleasure to talk football with you guys all this year. We'll be back next year with football. Stay tuned for a couple different appearances throughout this uh, throughout the off season here. Check out the Facebook group. They have the the Facebook page. We'll keep you updated there. And as always, like comment subscribe we love the following we only want to grow and make this better smelty it's been a pleasure my brother it, it has been a pleasure we'll, we'll see y'all next season don't forget to follow like and subscribe tune in next time for more banter with the boys